From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. This is part four in our series, Let's Talk About Sex. This week, we are discussing the challenging topic of sex after having kids. And as we start today's show, listen to this quote from Gwyneth Paltrow. She said, you're not learning anything unless you're having the difficult conversations. And that's a difficult conversation to have after having babies. After having babies. And, and after out. kids. Yes. Period. Yes. And we start each show here at One Extraordinary Marriage with a hug. And if this is your first time listening to the show, we want to say welcome. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome to the One Family. Welcome to the One Family. We're so glad that you're here. And, and for those of you that don't know, a hug is an opportunity for you to hear from someone in the One Family mm-hmm. who's experiencing breakthrough, who's seeing transformation in their relationship. And this hug comes from an iTunes review that we received. And just as a side note, we love seeing the re- reviews that you guys put up there because it doesn't just, you know, become something that we can take a look at other people find and listen to the show because of the reviews that you put up. Yep. This person says my fiance was actually the one who introduced me to this podcast. It took me several weeks to actually listen. <laughs> I love the podcast. We listen to an episode separately. We are long distance. And then we, when we spend time on video conference or on the phone, it gives us something to talk about. Mm. And we discuss how we can improve our relationship and apply it to our future marriage. Right on. Just as a side note, we know a lot of military couples also do this. People that are traveling long distance. It becomes yes. that great resource for you. Yep. She goes on to say, it's refreshing to have a Christian couple talk about things from strengthening your marriage as well as things not normally spoken about in the church, like sex. This has been an encouragement and a huge help. We can't wait to apply these wonderful principles to our marriage. We are already striving to have an extraordinary marriage. I love it. I love it that we have the opportunity to pour into those who are about to get married. Mm -hmm. Because I just think about where we would have been had we had the resources just to hear somebody talk about marriage openly, honestly, and transparently where we would have been in those early years of our marriage. So to those of you who are coming in, engaged, you know, newlyweds, wherever you may be, we're honored and blessed to have you part of the one family. Absolutely. Oh, gosh, I just, it took me there for a second of just thinking how much would have changed um, had we had had we had something like this, it just kind of blows me away. And, you know, this is, this series is actually one of those series that I wish we would have had all of those years ago, because we've been talking about the different conversations that husbands and wives have regarding their sexual intimacy. And, and some of these conversations throughout the series are, are conversations that the two of you have. Some of them, you know, describe and put guardrails around the conversations that you're having with other people, like friends and family. And, and, you know, we do this series because these aren't conversations that you're just going to have once, Correct. And, and just be like, well, we discussed it, period. You know, we'll put it away and we don't have to test it for 50 years. No, these are conversations that are going to come about in different seasons. And, you know, we talked about, you know, just the fact that talking about sex is an important conversation. We've talked about what it looks like as newlyweds. Mm-hmm. We've talked about what those conversations look like with friends and family. And, you know, as Tony said at the top of the show, this week, we're focusing on what those conversations look like between husband and wife after having kids in that space, in the after. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Because it doesn't matter if you gave birth to your kids or you adopted them. Sex after kids changes and the sexual dynamic between a husband and wife goes through major, with a capital M, probably all caps, major adjustments. Sure does. I mean, I'm like, uh, I'm practically speechless thinking about what it looked like after, you know, delivering both of our kids and in the early years when they were littles. And, you know, 54% of you said that your sex life after kids was worse than before. So virtually every other person mm-hmm. that you talk to that has kids is in that place of going, yeah, this isn't as good as it was before. Right. And so, you know, especially, you know, in that like immediate phase, right? The newborn and the littles. That's... Well, vaginal birth. I mean, what do you have to wait? Like six to eight weeks? Well, it, it doesn't matter if you have vaginal birth or you have a cesarean because you still have to heal from the incision. That's so, true. So... Well, we had vaginal, so I don't... I didn't... Right, but we want to... Yeah, no, no, no. I under, But I'm just saying from a vaginal birth standpoint, yeah. it's what? Six to eight weeks after, right? Yes. And then for a cesarean... I, I actually didn't look that up. I don't okay. know. But I do know that obviously... It's probably going to be... It's probably going to be a similar... minimum... Just a because you've got to Okay. Yeah. So for those of you that delivered cesarean, I, I didn't, so I don't know the answer to that. Um, but, you know, as we're talking about some of the challenges to having sex after kids, you know, time is hard to find, right? You don't get to be as spontaneous anymore because there are other human beings in your house, right? You, you can get distracted by the kid. And this doesn't matter how old your kids are, if they're littles or if they're high schoolers, the, the fact that, that they have needs that they're coming in at different times and all of this other stuff is happening. And so you're, you're distracted the one ear on the door or the footsteps coming down the hallway or somebody crying on the monitor or whatever it is. There's a distraction that prevents you from engaging. Can I, can I mention something here too? Please. I think there is a after kids, especially your first one. I think really there's this, there's this shift of us Mm-hmm. You and me, right? Husband and wife. We're, we're, we said our I do's. We went down the aisle together. Now, those of you who've had um, have a divorce, maybe second marriage, you still know this feeling because you, you had it at one point or another. But it's the, we go from us to now we're mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And there's this mental shift that ends up happening. And I know this happened for us. There, there was this shift of, oh, well now we're mom and dad and we're not really Tony and Elisa anymore. And we're, and and how, how do we, how do we meld and mesh together as husband and wife? And I think we got lost in that phase of it's not about us. It's just about our kid. It's about our kid. It's about our kid. And we really got lost in that sexual conversation, even having sex. It was, it was sporadic. It was, it was here, there. It was like, oh, but now I'm a mom or, uh, you know, what if so-and-so does knock on the door? And that, that threw us for a tailspin. Right. Because you're going from being lovers to being parents. And sometimes, you know, one of the challenges is that we forget that, that those two things can exist simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, They don't have to be compartmentalized. Right. It's not an either or it's an and, mm-hmm. you know, one of the other mm-hmm. things that was really interesting just in doing research for the show, because a lot of people said, you know, that, that their challenges are the fact that that libido is so dramatically decreased. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, on one level, I'm like, okay, well, there's all, there's all these hormones. Right. And so I started doing a little bit of research, but what happens to a woman, especially, you know, in the months immediately following, um, delivery. And then also if she's breastfeeding is that there are decreased levels of estrogen, testosterone, and prolactin, which all with a capital A L L all impact her body 
So like whether she's naturally lubricating, what the tissues are like, all of that kind of stuff and her libido. Mm -hmm. I did not know that all three of those hormones got impacted and that they all had such a tremendous. So when she says she has no libido and she's breastfeeding and all these kinds of things, her body is actually decreasing that guys. Mm. She's not making it up. Right. So I, I just wanted to put that, but there can also be emotional issues like that sense of overwhelm. And like, I've got so much on my plate and I don't know how to do this. I mean, exhaustion. exhaustion. I, re- oh I remember gosh. just being at that point of, wow, just trying to keep my eyes open mm-hmm. to like make it through the day, to make it through the work day, to then come home and be engaged with my family was tough. I remember many a times just coming home and wiped out and Elisa's like, I'm done. And just Alex would just sit on me as I was sleeping. Mm-hmm. Like I would just sleep and that kid would just bounce up and to- up and down on top of me. And I was just like, whatever, dude, do your thing. I need, I need 15 minutes of just shut eye. Which is so funny because now he's 16 going on 17 and there are still times when he sits on top of Tony and bounces on top of him, but now he could actually break Tony. So it hasn't yeah, actually... Yeah, well, when he's 6'2", 235 and I can't move, yeah, it's a different It's a different thing. I, I'm awake because he's crushing me. Right. No, it's just funny that... But, you know, for a woman, her, her body looks and feels different, mm-hmm. right? It's been stretched. Um, there's been, you know, with a vaginal delivery, you know... the babies come out of places where penises go in, right? Like that's just biology. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's all of this and, and what, what worked before may not work after. And so there are all of these different things. And yet that physical connection, right? That husband and wife, that lover place is still important. If not, it's not that it's just important. It's actually more important in the after than in before, because now Ladies and gentlemen, you aren't just doing it for the two of you. You're doing it to set the example mm-hmm. for your children of what healthy sexuality is going to look like, not just in your home, but in their future marriages, which I know if you have littles, you can't even imagine, but I'm telling you, it goes by in the blink of an eye and you want to set your kids up for success. And, you know, we hear and we've said it that sex is important to build your marriage, right? I mean, I, I guys, we've been doing the show for almost 10 years. I don't know how many times that we've said it. And yet I will tell you the first 11 years of our marriage, I did not know one, how much our sex life was going to change. And two, that I was not equipped to handle those changes Mm. that we brought. I mean, we've shared this on the show. We brought Alex home and you know, that first night home from the hospital and he's in his little carrier and we both are just staring at him going, what do we do now? Like, where's the manual? And at that point in time, like even as I relay that story, at that point in time, we were talking about the manual for like how to keep a human alive. But the truth is we didn't have a manual for how to keep our marriage intact and alive after having kids. We didn't know that what was going to be important. We didn't know how to have sex after kids, which I know seems like a really like, did you really just say that? But what I mean by that is we didn't know what that was going to look like or how to have the conversations. And it's one of those things that we have to address and it has to be part of the one family. And you may be well past making babies and having kids, and, but you may still have kids in your house. And so these conversations still matter because it doesn't matter how old they are. If you have kids in your house, having sex after having kids and the conversations around that are still so important. Yeah. The dynamic changes, obviously, as they grow older and those conversations, you know, like let's talk about sex. What, what does that look like? 
after baby. Maybe right now you're you're in a place where they're in middle school or elementary school. For some of you, they're in high school, like us. You know, and we're constantly having those conversations because it does impact how we are approaching one another and are sexually intimate. Mm-hmm. Because I, I and I want to just share this just just briefly. For me, it was actually easier when the kids were younger. I felt like the sound and sleep machine, throw that thing on, put them to bed. It's good. Like no problem. I felt like we could even express ourselves much better vocally in our bedroom at that point in time because the kids were like, what do they know? Mm -hmm. As they've gotten older though, and this is a conversation Elisa and I have had and and are continuing to have and, and figuring out our own sexual intimacy as our kids are getting older is what does it look like, especially if we're having sex in the evening when the kids are home, sound and sleep machine is on, and yet the vocalization changes. You got kids walking up and down the hallways now. Like, we're ready to go to bed at 10, and the kids are still up doing their thing. They know to go to bed when they got to go to bed. They know when they got to get up. So we we give our kids some leeway in knowing what they got to do. And yet, here we are. My eyes are about to go down. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm about done. It's a Tuesday night, which is the last night for me to be initiating on our intimacy lifestyle. And I'm like, I would love to just have this time with you and be able for both of us to be vocal and, and show that, that, that appreciation of one another through vocalization. And yet in my mind, I'm going like, Oh man, we got to have I don't know how we're going to do this. And Elise and I have these conversations. Mm-hmm. Like, what's it look like when the kids are around? Do we need to do it more in the morning when they're asleep? Do we need to go in the shower more? Do, do we need to do it during the day? Maybe do a little lunchtime break. So the conversation doesn't stop just after you have them. I mean, it's going to be a continuous conversation that is needed to be expressed throughout those stages. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to take a step back, like going all the way back to, to making babies and like, I'm going to say it here on the show. I, I don't know what your upbringing was, but let me tell you, sex is not just for making babies. That's true. Right? Sexual intimacy is a way for husband and wife to have connection. It's a way for them to be touched as, as a woman or a man and not only as mom and dad. Because I get it. I've said it to Tony, like, don't touch me. I'm all touched out. Well, I've been like when the kids were little, it was all the little kid touch. And so I wouldn't make time for I, I wouldn't transition from mom touch, you know, little kids all over me to wife touch. Like, what does that look like? And so I would put up these walls and, and the sexual intimacy between a husband and a wife, that is where so many, because of that physical connection, d- feel important, feel valued, feel seen, feel heard. And yet there are so many factors throughout the years after having kids that are, that are pulling us away from that sexual intimacy mm-hmm. that are erecting barriers. And can I say one thing too, yeah. really quick? I, I, I really want to impress this visual that not, not only in our bedroom with our sexual intimacy, but how are we touching each other throughout the day with kids? And where are the kids in the lineup? Mm. And when I say that, are we mom, wife, boom, 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 one, two, three kids, whatever you may have, and then dad comes at the end, husband comes at the end. Or, and I'm not saying it's all the time, but it can be all the time. Is it, you know, husband driving, mom sitting in the backseat of the car with the kid. 
are, are, because those are opportunities for touch to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy those moments when Elise and I are in our car and I can put my hand and I can just touch her knee or she can rub my arm. But are we missing those opportunities? Because I, I think about that now and I wish somebody would have said that to me when our kids were younger to just go, you know what, Tony, hold Alex's hand, hold your wife's hand. You're good. Go. Like he doesn't have to hold both your hands. Yeah. There are going to be times when he does, but I don't think we were making and we're intentional about being physically connected mm-hmm. as the kids, you know, after having the kids, you know, but, but before we were, we'd always hold hands, we'd hug, we'd, we'd made sure of it. It wasn't just a sexual touch. We lost that physical touch, which then parlayed into us having conversations or not having those conversations mm-hmm. about our physical touch, which led to our sexual intimacy. And just as a side note, I know that there are some of you right now, as we're talking about physical and sexual intimacy, they're like, well, Elisa, that's just not me. That's just not me. You know, like the touch thing, not me. And often when confronted with that in a coaching session, here's what I will say to you. I will say, tell me how affectionate you are with your children. And often what I'll get, and this comes from both husbands and wives. So moms and dads, they'll be like, oh, I love all over my kids. You know, like we snuggle and do all this kind of stuff. And I'll pause and say, so you're capable. It's a choice. We need to bring the choice for affection. We need to bring the choice for physical intimacy. We need to bring that back into the marriage relationship because that is what your children are watching. That is how they're going to learn their place in the world. That is how they're going to learn how to do marriage. But it starts with us as the adult. It doesn't start with them getting all of the attention. Your kids will be fine if they have to roll their eyes and go, oh my gosh, my parents, like they're so all over each other. It actually is not a bad thing for them. It's okay. healthy. You begin to to share that with them as well. I mean, our, our next part in this series is talking to your kids about sex. Right. And we're going to go there. So... This piece of how are you, how are you modeling? Mm-hmm. How are you modeling what looks like, what that looks like in your household is going to have a profound impact on how your kids and how you're going to be able to teach your kids so that they then have a healthy marriage, a healthy sexual um, encounters with their spouse. Absolutely. Y- you know, so I know it's crazy to think about. And sometimes even in my own mind, I'm like, whoa, 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 hold up. And yet at the same time, I want my kids to have a marriage where they are just like all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know they're going to be bringing in a spouse that we're going to have to be talking to and we're going to have to get them onto the show and make sure that they're listening. <laughs> but at least on our side, we're, we're developing those kids to sh- so that they see what it looks like. Right. And, you know, one of the things that we did um, on story Instagram stories this week is we asked you, you know, what are those things that you wish you could tell your spouse about mm. sex after kids? And, and we wanted to, we wanted to incorporate that into this show because for some of you, you don't know how, you don't have the words, you mm-hmm. don't know how to do it. And so you're going to be able to like hit play and say, Hey, let's listen to the show together. You're going to just say, send it to them. And you're going to say, Hey, listen to the show. And so we're going to go through some of these. And really the action is taking that first step, but we've got to address where the potential disconnect is so that you feel empowered to go, okay, I'm not alone. You know, for a lot of you after, after kids, the, the disconnect in sex comes from the fact that the changes in her body 
even make the idea of having sex difficult. She may be more conscious about her weight or she doesn't feel confident because things are stretchier than they were before or there are stretch marks or I mean I remember this the leaking breasts you know Mm -hmm. in that breastfeeding stage and and there are all these different you know body things that we as women have to deal with you know one woman said that um that you know just she doesn't feel confident about the way her vagina looks right because it got all stretched pushing that baby out I remember that it does and Yet it was amazing because one of the, one of the, a couple of the husbands actually said that I wish she knew how much more beautiful she is to me now that she's given birth to our children, that, that seeing you give birth actually made you more attractive to me. So you've got, on one side, you've got all these women that are struggling with, I don't feel attractive and I've got all this stuff going on. And on the other side, you've got men who are like, I just wish she could see her, see herself as I see her. Some of the other challenges are that her sense of overwhelm, and I would even say just because of some of the responses, I think this actually came from, from husbands as well, keeps them from being engaged sexually. Sure. I mean, there's, there is a lot on our, on our shoulders. Like Mm -hmm. we're, we're not discounting the fact that bringing a human being into this world who knows nothing or how to eat or how to like go to the bathroom. I mean, there is overwhelm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot in that area for sure, both mom and dad. Yeah. And, you know, it's working through that. It's it's saying, okay, you know what, what do we need to put in place to deal with the overwhelm? Because as, you know, one wife said, the little things that you do make a difference and help me relax. Mm-hmm. So guys, don't discount the little things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the biggest things are the little things. Um, somebody else said that the postpartum depression is real and it has impacted my desire for sex or that getting time to myself and, and just being able to, you know, like get a manicure, just, you know, quiet time to myself actually makes me feel more like a woman and not just someone's mom. Mm-hmm. And these are all things. That, and there's a few more that we actually want to tackle. But first, we want to thank this week's sponsor. And that's the one marriage conference. And, you know, any of you that have been around for a while, you know, and if you, this is your first show, you're going to learn that the one family is all about community. Whether right. you're, you're forwarding the daily quote on Instagram or you're commenting on it, or you're sending the podcast to your friends, or you're in the Facebook group as a summit partner in the position of the month club, family matters. The one family matters. And one of the things that all great families do is that they spend time together right? They, they, they get there, they laugh, they cry. It's amazing. And that's exactly what happens at the one marriage conferences. We bring you the best of what we do, strategies, tips, and practical application all wrapped up with fun and laughter. And you walk away with the tools to make your marriage even more extraordinary. So join us February of 2020 in San Diego and March, 2020 in Henderson, North Carolina. The 2020 theme is dream again. And we have some very fun things planned for these conferences. So be in the know of all things live and in person. Go to oneliveevents.com. Don't miss out on spending time with the one family. Go to oneliveevents.com. So let's just talk about a few more of these areas that are that are impacting, you know, sex after kids. Mm-hmm. And for some of you, it's the the simple fact that the kids are impacting your sex life. That that you know they're in your bed. Mm-hmm. I, I, I remember that there was a season where just because I was so exhausted from breastfeeding, I'm like, throw a baby in the bed, like just right next to me. Or, you know, when, when our daughter was younger, we didn't know it at the time, but she was having trouble with her tonsils. And so she would wake up every night and come in and cuddle with us. And mm-hmm. I was just so exhausted. I'm like, fine. Like she would just push me over and you know, whatever. Or you're in such a place that like Tony said earlier, 
you can't be vocal or you can't have sex when the kids are awake or, or all of like, we have to talk about the impact of the kids. Well, and I just, I just know from the man standpoint, cause I talked to a lot of guys about this and especially for, um, those who have watched their wives give birth, which is typical now. Mm-hmm. Like when, when my parents were around and, and I think that generation, it was rare if the husband was able to even go into the room. Right. So they didn't see anything. They were just like, great. They'd walk in, there was a baby, call it good. For us, we were there. And so what I hear from a lot of guys is like, I had sex with my wife prior to kids, and then I watched her push this kid out. And for them, it, it's it's traumatic. It, it really, because it's sort of like, how, like that head and the size of the shoulders came out of, the va- that vagina mm-hmm. and like they struggle with that. Well, and it's interesting that you bring that up because one wife said, um, because of all the stretching, mm-hmm. right? Head and shoulders, because of all the stretching, it's hard for them to come together because it, for her husband, it just feels all loose, right? Like it hasn't like, is that what Kegel, isn't that what kegling would do? That, and that's what she said. She's like, nobody ever talks about it. So we are talking about it. Kegel exercises will actually help with that because it's literally like you're contracting. Well, the, the, those the muscles. I mean, we did a whole episode on it and I'm going to find it right now. You're going to find it. But I, I was so glad that she put it in there because she's like, I can't find any resource. I'm like, we are going to do this for you. But we, we have to address the impact of kids. And we have to actually just talk about sex again. Because here's the thing. Here's what people wanted their spouses to know. Husbands want sex. Wives want sex. Both of you want the other to initiate. It's out there. Like, I I can't just say it's only husbands that want sex because there were a lot of wives that said, I still want sex. Other spouses said, you know what? I need more than quickies. And please don't tell me that I just have to take what I can get. Real quick, I just want to go to the Kegel show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, like, that was like such a dramatic pause. And then you're like, Kegels. Um, so Kegel to better sex episode 488, one com slash 488. That'll get you there. Okay. Um, but the, the whole idea of quickies, like I understand when you have kids for sure, they become a bigger part of your repertoire, but here's the thing you had longer making love, longer love making sessions prior to having kids. It doesn't mean that they're not important. It may take more intentionality, but they're still valuable. And, and just as a general side note, when it comes to communication, don't telling your spouse, you just got to take what you can get is an emotional, um, concrete wall. It, it, it's a form of rejection and it, it weighs so heavily on your spouse because what that tells them is you're not important enough for me to spend time with you. Mm -hmm. You're not important enough for me to invest in this place. And if, if one of your friends said, well, you just have to take what you can get, you wouldn't like being on the receiving end of that. It, these are tough conversations. I, w- I will say that. It's it's something that you have to walk through. Mm-hmm. Elisa and I can look back because our youngest is, you know, in middle school, about to go into high school. So it, it's it, we can look back and go, wow, okay, where were we? But do know it, it is a journey and one that if you're willing to be open, honest, and transparent with each other, each stage, you're going to be encountering different levels of intimacy. And, and that's the truth. I mean, I, I do look back and go, oh my goodness, you know, had we not started the intimacy lifestyle, 
I think we would have been just out of it because when we started that, our kids were five and two. Mm-hmm. Or well, we did the sixty days when they were five and two, so they were probably six, three and six, right? So they had just turned six and three when we started the intimacy lifestyle, and that really helped us to get into a rhythm for all these years. It's crazy thinking about the fact that really most of their lives mm-hmm. we've been doing this. And, you know, as we've talked about these different areas and, oh my gosh, we've just scratched the surface. We could probably do three shows just on, you know, what you all said about sex after kids. Well, let's, let's add a couple more though. Okay. Let, let, let's, let's, let's get into some of these. Cause I think it's important that we, we do share them. So one of the things that somebody else said just in regard to, to sex in general that they wish their spouse would know is that the lack of intimacy is the biggest struggle in the marriage, right? That, that it needs to be a, it still needs to be a priority. It's not something that can permanently be dropped to the end of the list. Mm-hmm. You know, this, just... this one I think is great. Late in the evening and I'm exhausted. Can we find another time? Boom. Perfect question. That's a coffee break question. Mm-hmm. Go do it. You know, like when, when is the better time for us? Like let's, let's figure out what that optimal time is for us and let's make it happen. During the week, it may not happen. You know, for you guys, and, and here's something that I just thought of and it possibly could work really well, honestly, is during the week, there, there is a lot going on. Mm-hmm. But Saturday and Sunday, because we are home, because we have time where we're, there's more flexibility, our intimacy lifestyle could be, hey, we're having sex Saturday and Sunday. And then Monday through Friday, you know what? It may be a bonus day. One day, we may get one day in Monday through Friday, and that's great. But really what we're honing in on, especially this time where I'm like, where I'm thinking about it, it's like, wow, why don't we ever think about this one was... The kids are younger. Saturday and Sunday, we're working, man. We're up early. We're home late. It's we're running around, but at least Saturday and Sunday, we have a little more flexibility. Mm-hmm. And during the week, we're going to just sort of romance each other. And if it happens one more time, great. Mm, that's good. So that's just I. I just when I hear that, it really makes me go, okay. Well, how do we set it up for success? Right. You know. You know. I, I think another one on here is that you know I need more foreplay. And that could go, that could go both ways. And guys, I will tell you if, if her libido is being impacted by all those hormones, then her natural lubrication is diminished. Mm -hmm. So she may need more foreplay to not only turn off her mind to being mom, but also just to get like all of the body stuff fully present with you. So don't discount foreplay for your wives. One more thing I do want to share though. Yeah. If you are having difficulties with sex, like, and this is after having your kid, maybe you're six months out, whatever it may be, and you're having difficulties. This is from the woman's perspective. Mm-hmm. Your, your vagina is tight. It hurts. Um, there's, there's burning. There's whatever may be happening. Please, please, please go see your medical provider. Yes. G- get it. Get an appointment in talk to them let them know what's happening you you, you they, they saw you through your pregnancy and your delivery make sure you get in there and, and ask if something is going on there's no shame there's no guilt you, your body is reacting and and you may need somebody a medical professional who knows you hopefully to sit, to just give you some suggestions and some insights don't hide in this moment mm. You know, it's not just about lube sometimes or your libido. It might not be. So seek out that professional help so that way you can 
enjoy your sexual intimacy with your spouse. Absolutely. And, you know, we've just scratched the surface, yeah. guys, on, on, on these different topics. But, you know, as you've been listening, and again, some of these were very specific to just after birth, and some of them could be impacting you, you know, throughout the entire teenage, we have people living in our house years, right? But you need to figure out which one of these areas most resonates with you and, and to have the conversation with your spouse. And the reason I say which one is because you don't want to blast your spouse with a list of here are all the reasons why I think we're not having sex and I'm frustrated. Yeah. That, that's, that's called overwhelm. We're trying to set you up for success, but then you need to schedule a time for, you know, a walk and talk. And I actually, it was so funny. I was writing this show and um, I realized that it doesn't just have to be a walk and talk. You could have a cuddle and a convo, mm. right? Or you could have a sip and say, right? Where I don't care what you call it. I just, I got a little creative there and I just wanted to share it with you because I know everybody's like, well, walk and talk, but don't just come to your spouse with, here's what I see as our challenges. Because so often in our society, we're so quick to be like, well, here's what the problem is. And yeah. then we just kind of sit back, fold our arms and be like, do something about Fix it. Fix it. Instead, come to your spouse with, here's what I see as the challenge. And I've got a few ideas on possible solutions. I'd love to share them with you. Can we open up the conversation with this? Mm -hmm. Because when we come with solutions and you know, we, we move into this place of just being complainers, to being problem solvers. And I will tell you, as a wife of 23 years, as one half of this one extraordinary marriage, that the extraordinary happens when you bring solutions to problems, when you choose to solve instead of complain. Yeah, that, that, that's great. And hey, to all of you, you know, sex, talking about sex after kids is vitally important. And it's something you're gonna have for many years. So let's get it going. Let's get it started. And let's go there and, and express maybe just one area that we can begin to shift in this week when it comes to talking about our sexual intimacy. Let's, let's all do that. And I know Elise and I are going to have that same conversation because I, I think in my mind, I know where, where I want to go and a solution for it. And hopefully she'll have one as well. We love you guys. We're excited for this for this series to continue. So make sure you join us next week as we continue the Let's Talk About Sex series to our kids. So not about, you know, after having them, but we have them now, but how are we going to talk about sex to our kids in age, age appropriate terms and topics? Because that's a big deal for each and every one of us to leave a legacy that, you know, that will be, that will go beyond us, right? To our grandkids and our great grandkids. So how are we going to talk to our kids first? We love you guys. Have a fantastic week and we can't wait to catch you next week. Love you guys. Thank you.